You are a center of divine consciousness within the vast whole. I think that's my favorite line from Dr. Ernest Holmes, the founder of our particular denomination. So hello, my dear friends, and thank you again for joining us for our weekly celebration. Whether you are watching it on Monday or Sunday or Wednesday or Thursday, I'm just so thrilled that you are here. As you can see, we're on location today, December 3rd, because Fallbrook, because of the heavy winds that are blowing through Southern California, is without power. So we've had to migrate. But I'm glad that you're here, and here we all are in the virtual world. So just take that thought in for a moment. You are a center of divine consciousness within the vast whole. In fact, breathe it in. Breathe it in and then just quietly to yourself, just say, I am a center of divine consciousness within the vast whole. I am a center of divine consciousness within the vast whole. That's such a powerful affirmation of who we are. And it fits so well in the season that we're in. As you know, we're, we're moving into the festivals of light. Uh, last week was Diwali, which is a Hindu festival of light. Uh, next week will be Hanukkah. And we're in the Christian festivals of Advent which is the waiting. But then the mother of all the festivals of light, the solstice is just a couple weeks away. You know, and in that one, you know, there's this beautiful imagination that the earth is so complete within itself and how fascinating that in the, the longest night, the darkest day, light begins to be reborn again. It's that great rhythm, is it not? We breathe in, we breathe out. The sun rises, the sun sets. The times, the seasons, the years and cycles, there's this motion that moves and yet we are, even as it is getting darker, we are remembering the light and we're getting prepared for that as we begin to create new visions and new experiences as we prepare for this coming year. You know, there's this fascinating quote from the book of Proverbs 29:18 for those keeping score where it says, when there is no vision, the people will fall apart. This, this idea that without vision, there's confusion, there's inertia, there's an inability to move forward. The, the, um, the sense that, um, that sense of where, where's the purpose? What's driving us? What's luring us forward? In the 1940s, Albert Camus wrote this incredible book called The Plague. And although he wrote it in the 40s, he was sort of basing it on a, 
on an event that happened in a, in a town in France known as Olan that had a, a cholera plague. But he, he built this in it, but, but there's this wonderful haunting line in it that just, I sit with this so much, that says, you know, the first thing that plague brought to our town was exile. The first thing that happens in a plague, the first thing that happens in a pandemic, the first thing that happens when there's a disruption, a disorder, is a sense of exile. And in that exile, there's this nostalgia, this homesickness, this wanting to go back to a, a, a past time, uh, a, uh, you know, this longing for something different and a fantasy about this time that if we think about it was always frustrating and, and never even possible. You know, one of, the, one of the most important lessons that we learn on the spiritual path is that there is no returning to what was. There is no returning to the former order. There is only how present we are the disorder and what it's wanting to create for us or invite us to participate at a stronger and deeper level. And you know, what's interesting about this time of year and, you know, just cosmically, again, as I was saying, you know, these times, these seasons, these, these years and cycles that we're, that we're in, and this is Let's just face it, this has been a monumental year for all of us. You can't help but think that something powerful is brewing and getting ready to emerge. And what I want to offer is this, is I think at no other time, I think in my lifetime, but, but for all of us, this opportunity to create something new, to create a new vision, a new possibility. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this. I've been thinking about this a lot. But uh, I go back to this story, and it's one of my favorite stories in the, in, the, in the Christian Bible. And it's in the book of Acts, chapter 9, and it's the story of St. Paul. So briefly, Paul is on his way from, from uh, uh, Jerusalem to this, the city of Damascus. And he's going there to cause trouble. He's going there to arrest, to prosecute, to bring followers of, of Jesus back to Jerusalem for trial, persecution, possibly death. And on the way there, there's this immense light that knocks him to the ground, you know. And, um, you know, depending on the artwork you see, you know, sometimes he's, you know, falling off a horse or sometimes he's literally falling on the ground. But uh, there's this bright light and a voice, and then he's blind, and he's blind for three days. And what's interesting, I think the author is trying to say about this, first is oftentimes we have to acknowledge that we are blind before we can see, or the fact that we can't see what is so apparent to us because we're blinded by our own prejudices, our own ideas of how things are supposed to be, our own opinions. Again, as Brian McLaren says, we are blind to what we are blind to.
And so Paul must allow himself to be led. He must allow himself to learn new ideas. He must allow himself to have his mind changed, renewed, before he can see again. And I think that that's so pertinent for all of us is to notice as this new vision is wanting to emerge in our own personal lives and how we're, we're sort of taking, taking part in something so global that maybe these next couple weeks in this Advent time, this waiting time, we, we look at where we are living in darkness, where we are living in blindness, of what we're not seeing because the scales are on our eyes and, uh, and what prevents us from seeing. You know, one of the things that I'm really very aware of is this, is that we can, we can transform our way of thinking. In fact, what I wanna to offer to you is this, is that we can have a new vision by changing our mind. And we change our mind by allowing new ideas to come in. And so part of this time is to be present to what is new. Marshall McLuhan, who is this great culturalist uh, who wrote in the, in the 60s and the 70s, you know, one of the things that he said is, is during times of significant change, when we're trying to find our bearings, when we're trying to find our way through things, is to follow those things that have not been destroyed. And what does that mean? You know, follow that which is sustaining. And the thing that has not been destroyed, the thing that has been sustaining is this, the power of love. So how we begin to mine these new ideas that begin to affect and change our mind so that we can have a new vision is by, by becoming aware of that which is sustaining in our life. Because I really do believe that these incredible opportunities that are opening for all of us are there, they're present, they're available to each and every one of us, that they can happen. And I believe that the way that we begin to discern our way and follow this is to get in touch with our deepest desires. Because I believe that our deepest desires are the echo in our soul. It is the song that we have come to sing. It is the thing that allows us to be that activity of spirit here. When we say that we are a center of divine consciousness, it means that we are contributing to the good of the world. And the good of the world must come from the good that we experience. And so by allowing ourselves to be guided by that deep desire is, is a way of experiencing our good and, and having this new vision that again leads us back into that thing that is 
greater than ourself. And that's what all these celebrations are about. And so I think that, you know, as we look at what our desires are, we should ask ourselves, you know, what category, what place these desires are, and should they be sustained or recycled? And, and that's where we, we move with our eye on the solstice, is to ask ourselves that. You know, is my vision one that's worthy of sustaining? Is my vision one that should be recycled? Or is it time to create a new vision, something that has novelty in it, something that I haven't experienced before? And when we're present to that, we're present to that loving presence that has always wanted to express itself fully and powerfully and abundantly and lovingly in our life. So um, again, let's think about this. A new vision is possible by changing our mind. And we change our mind by allowing new ideas to express themselves in us. And, um, you know, I think that's all I want to say about that. Because really what I want to do with you today is pray. And so let's do that now. This is a powerful time. We can feel it. There's a, there's a sense that something is happening. You know, the, the news of the week is speaking of vaccines. It looks like even in the darkness of this pandemic, there's a light that's beginning to dawn, that things are going to be beginning to shift, that, that something new is wanting to emerge, and that you and I get to participate in it, and how we will participate in it is by contributing our song. And our song is that echo in our soul that is revealed in that longing, that, that desire. You know, again, I think of St. Augustine who says, you have made us in your image, O God, and our souls are restless until they rest in you. That restlessness that desire, that yearning, there, there is where the song is. And so let's pray. Let's pray by just being aware that there is one life, this presence that has so many names. It is transcendent, transcendental, and yet, is personal to each and every one of us, revealing itself in ways that we understand, in ways that amaze us and surprise us, that bring us to a place of reverence and awe and wonder. It could be when we see the smile of a grandchild or the beauty of nature or the touch of our loved one the magnificence of a sunrise 
or a sunset. Our view into the starry world or the self-contemplation of being a center of divine consciousness. There, there is God. And it is always inviting us to become aware that we have never been separate, that there is nothing that you and I have ever done or can do or ever will do that can separate ourselves from this unrelenting love of the divine. And encoded within our very being is that which we have been called to be and do. As Emerson says, the fact that you are here, the fact that I am here, is evidence enough that soul has need of an organ, an activity, an incarnation here and now. And as the great teacher Jesus said, to ask, give us this day what we desire. Give us our daily bread. Give us the inspiration. Give us the guidance. Give us the support. Give us the strength, the companionship, the partnership. Give us what is needed so that we may be fully expressed. And how good and how wonderful and how beautiful it all is. And so we are grateful. We are grateful for this virtual opportunity to be together. We are grateful for the roof over our head. We are grateful for this amazing planet that continues to support and sustain us at every level. What are you grateful for in this moment? And knowing that there is nothing to do because it is being done. We are participating in a spiritual universe that receives the imprints of our thoughts and acts upon them. We are participating. We are creating. We are co-creating. And so we are guided. We are changed. And we are a blessing. And in that, we can let it be. And so it is. Thank you. Thank you again for being part of our virtual community that continues to grow, continues to offer tools. You know, there are practitioners who are available to pray with you. There are spiritual companions that are available. We'll be rolling out classes after the first of the year. There are prayer circles that are available during the week so that you can come together and, and pray and visit and just be seen and served and celebrated for who you are. And all this is possible because of your fellowship, your partnership, that we are a thriving spiritual community because we, we support it. We support, you know, we support the things that we believe in with our time, our talents, and our treasures. So your continual 
and generous support allows us to be here. And we'll be here again next week and the week after that. So thank you. And if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, please do because there's important information that has been, that'll be coming down the line as far as how we will be celebrating Christmas this year. Obviously not at the center. Classes that will be being rolled out in January. Ways that you can participate and allow this community to become very personal and active for you. And also, you know, the best way that we can grow is by word of mouth. And so please take the time to share this celebration with a friend, like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, send it to your friends, encourage them to be part of this, maybe even do watch parties. But again, your, your continual and generous support is so joyfully and gratefully received. And so for you, dear friends, and those whom you love, and those whom you receive love from, I wish you many, many, many blessings.